This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Welcome back to Worship God, everyone. It's good to have you with us today. My name is Jody Cross. I am the lead pastor at South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, and with me is Rob Brockman. Rob is the associate pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Aurelia, Ontario. Rob, we're glad your internet's working great today. Yeah, I'm. so am I. <laughs> Rob, I want to ask you a question. Where were you uh, in the fall of 1990, and what were you singing? Um, well, I would have been in Kingston. I probably would have been singing something like Mary Had a Little Lamb, because I would have been five years old. So <laughs> just, just a wee little guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you weren't singing what I was singing in the fall of 1990. Well, I, I have a few years on you. And um, yeah, I was few. on staff at a church in Ottawa, Ontario, as a worship and youth and young adult pastor. That's what you do when mm. it's a small church. You got to wear a lot of hats. And just around the corner from where I was, was this place called the Ottawa Civic Center. And there was this conference going on with a few thousand people under the leadership of some young musicians from B.C., and three of the songs that I was singing and gripped by and was leading in my church were Faithful One, I Lift My Eyes Up, and Refiner's Fire, written by a young man at the time who was new and unknown to me, whose name was Brian Dirksen. So that was a long time ago. You were singing Mary Had a Little Lamb, and I've been singing those songs since. <laughs> That was uh, 32 years ago, mm. and uh, those songs have blessed so many people and so many churches. And I'm glad to say, with that as an introduction, that we today have as our guest on this podcast, uh, that young man who's not as young as he used to be, joining us from Abbotsford, BC, Brian Dirksen. So good to have you. Welcome. Glad to be with you. Yeah, you look uh, pretty good for a guy that I met 32 years ago. <laughs> Oh, the time flies. <laughs> it, it sure does. And oh, the hair goes. It's, yes, I can say amen to that as well. Hey, Brian, do you remember being in Ottawa at, at that moment? Yeah. Remember that? Yep. At, that would have, was that in, was that the 94 thing? The, no, that was 90. Oh, it was in 90? John White was there. and Okay, uh, yeah. It was it, just probably one of the vineyard, con, early vineyard conferences. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just remember I remember actually it being long because it was in French and English. So when the person was preaching and the the next <laughs> oh, guy yeah. would translate. And I remember thinking to myself, why are why are so many people sitting through such a long sermon? And it didn't take me long to go because God is moving in this place and mm. people are hungry. That that's what mm. hit me. So mm. Well, Brian, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are a veteran worship leader and and uh, you are, you're many things. You're a songwriter. Uh, you are a worship leader. You are um, involved in teaching. You've been involved in pastoring. You love to train people. You have a, a very full resume, including many songwriting credits and uh, awards and that type of thing. And, and you are, uh, tell us about your family. Where, uh, where are you located? And tell us uh, just a little bit about your family. Wow. Well, I'm... I'm speaking to you from my home in Abbotsford, British Columbia, where uh, my parents bought this little farmhouse on five acres in 1970. So 52 years ago, I was four years old and we moved into this house and uh, I now um, uh, live here. I mean, we, we moved back from England in 99 after living there for a couple of years with our six young children at the time. So we've raised <laughs> our six 
and now they're all adults. You know, our youngest is 22 and our oldest is 33 and uh, four daughters and two boys and, um, and an amazing woman, Joyce, who is the hub and the heart mm. and the engine and the everything in our household. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, without whom we would all be utterly uh, confused, bereft, and uh, disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we can say our wives are the glue that holds everything together. Yeah, Brian, I was looking on CCLI, and it says you have two hundred plus songs listed, and not only in English, uh, but published in other languages and there's many co-writing credits. Um, personally, like some of my favorites, like I think your Holy God album, like Holy God, our father who art in heaven. Like I love those songs that, that, that album to me when I was a young kind of worship guy was my bread and butter. And I, I was doing the math on all those, all those, you know, numbers. And that's 30 years, 250 songs publishing close to nine songs every year for the past 30 years. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I have no clue. <laughs> I guess maybe if the stat is out there. I'm not really a stats or a numbers guy. Like, yeah. I just I just try and live in the moment and, and, and then do the next thing, write the next song when the inspiration comes or when there's a need, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it can be as simple as, oh, our church is doing something about on this theme, we need a song to sing about it, or, you know, I get a, an inspiring thought. But mm -hmm. no, I, actually, I didn't know, I don't know how many songs are out there, so I'm glad you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you look at it, actually, some of them are not even written in, uh, in, in the English language, so I actually wasn't sure what language they are. In CCLI, they literally have another language. The song title is in a different language. <laughs> well, that's probably because they're listing some songs of mine that have been translated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not aware that I wrote any songs uh, not in English. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Brian, you speak a lot of languages, brother. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. I, I, Praise I, I God. Can, I can sing German pretty good. And when I was a kid, uh, because my parents were German-speaking Mennonites, apparently I spoke German fluently until we moved back to Canada. I was living in Paraguay for a couple of years when I was a toddler. And when we moved back to Canada, we ent I entered the Canadian school system in kindergarten and then ditched my German pretty quick. Cause so I was like, hey, <laughs> none of the kids around me are speaking that Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about writing songs for In the Moment. And uh, I know that you did an album in 2020 called Everlasting Arms just about um, the pandemic and songs of comfort and uh, also recently wrote an album called hymns for life. Um, so is, is the things that you're going through, you just said the, the things that we live through and life experiences, is that shaping how you're writing and what you're wanting to respond to in just in terms of culture and the church? I mean, I think, I think all of us as writers, that's almost the sum of all of what we do. We respond to sparks, to seeds, to things we see, to things that we care about, to things that concern us, 
to things that move us, you know, to things that we feel like, oh, we're missing something here. You know, one of the ways I describe my songwriting journey is I, is I live and I serve and I wait for a gap to reveal itself to me, Mm. you know, a gap as in, oh, I think we need to sing X, but I can't find a song that really says X in my mother tongue. And by mother tongue, I don't just mean, you know, our modern version of English. I, I mean a musical kind of package that is heart song and is natural to me that I could pull off, you know, because there could be a song about that subject, mm-hmm. but it's it's in a, such a completely different style and genre and era that it's not mother tongue to me. And so it feels forced when I put it in my mouth to try and sing it, right? Mm. So I'm looking for gaps. Mm. And, and I always say the gap reveals my songwriting assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even for me, like recently, a gap that I've noticed is songs that talk about our fight with sin. I was having a conversation with my senior pastor and we were trying to figure out, like trying to figure out songs that aren't just about like God fight for me, but like, you know, kind of how do we, what, what, what are we contributing in the battle of sin, waging war on our sin? And, you know, we're just like, we had a couple, but that kind of inspires you to go, okay, and I'm not a great songwriter, but it's like it inspires you to want it, like you said, fill that gap. And like, okay, let's find a song that kind of fills that gap. Is there a recent thing for you, Brian, that you went, there's a gap here. Like, I want to jump in that gap and, and, and write something. Is there, does something come to mind? Well, I mean, the, the, the thing is actually every single song I've written is an illustration of writing for the gap. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have a new song that's actually not even fully out yet, but maybe by the time people listen to it will be. It's, it's a co-write uh, with a friend called Mind of Christ. And the gap for me was um, when you look at Philippians 2 and the great Christ hymn, the, the, the focus of the, I would say, the modern church of the West is, is much more on the, the greatness of God, okay? But the point of the Christ hymn, Philippians 2, he emptied himself mm. and took on the form of a servant. The actual Greek word is actually much more often translated slave, is that there's this incredible humility that this is the surprise, right? So in the second verse, we write, in a world that worships strength, you surprise your friends by kneeling down at their feet. Mm. What we all need to see more Christ-like companions who serve willingly. Mm. You know, the point of the early church singing the Christ hymn of Philippians 2 was to motivate them and to put their their posture to become more like Christ in a world where everybody was saying, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord. And along come the early Christians saying, no, Jesus is Lord. What that means is not that Jesus is, um, has, I would call it almost like out-Zeused uh, Caesar with his, his, his fire and his anger and his power no he's a completely different kind of lord he surprises us by he get he gets down on his knees Hmm. and he serves right so it's like the type of songs we sing 
uh, well, here, here's here's maybe another response to that. So that's an example of a gap. I don't know if it's a gap because yeah. the church has been singing the words of Philippians two for centuries, but maybe it just needed to be. It needs to be sung from a slightly different angle to go. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true too, right? Like it's not that God's not great or God's not powerful, but at the exact same time, God is also humble and he surprises people like jesus by his humble service Hmm. um yeah so i i don't know every single song i've ever written i've written for a gap Hmm. that's a good prayer you know for the lord to just to tap us on the shoulder and nudge us with the gaps because because we may not even be paying attention to the gaps unless you know unless we're thinking about that and uh it's good well you have, as Rob said, lots of songwriting credits. Uh, dialing back the clock, where did it begin? Uh, was this something that you had aspired to, or what, did it kind of fall upon you accidentally? Tell us about way back when. How did it? Uh, how did it all start? Well, you know, what's so fascinating is that if if you would have told me in my early twenties that I would be a songwriter and that I would write songs and that I would make a living writing songs and all of the layers of it, I would have just laughed. <laughs> I mean, I had some musical aptitude and I had a, I loved songs. And then I was a young, I was both a young worship leader in a church, but I also like current like folk songs and pop songs, you know, so I loved it, but I didn't think I had the gifting or the aptitude for it. And then we had our first daughter. And our, our daughter was just a few months old. Um, and I had this moment with her and I was holding her. She was like three months old and all of a sudden I'm weeping. Hmm. And I'm all of a sudden this thought comes into my mind, this intimacy, this affection, this safe, um, unconditional love. This is what I want to experience with my heavenly father. But my earthly father, a good German Mennonite man, very, very good man, is raised that to show emotion is weakness. Mm. He's not communicative of his affection in words at that stage. He has become much more in his later years. So I have this little moment with my baby daughter and all of a sudden this little whisper, why don't you write this experience in a song? You know, like it was like God was inviting me to to wrap this experience up in a song to my heavenly father, you know. So I was like, at first, of course, I was like, well, I'm not a songwriter. And I scrolled through, talking about the gap, I scrolled through to try and find a song already written that I could just sing back to my maker that would sum up this experience and I couldn't find one. Mm. The gap was revealed Mm. and the whisper persisted. Why don't you write something? So I wrote this simple song, Father, I want you to hold me. I want to rest in your arms today. Father, I want you to show me how much you care for me in every way, you know? And, And it was my secret song, right? And I'll just try and explain the, the end of this because the reason this song is the reason why we're having this conversation today because a few so for six months secret song nobody heard it except my maker and my daughter and me and then i went in a home bible study led by andy park he it, the focus of that evening is from the gospel of john and it's on the father wound and culture and he at the end he gets a word of knowledge and he looks over at me and he goes brian 
I have this feeling that you have a song that would really wrap up what we've been talking about tonight. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm a shy introvert. No, I don't. No, I don't have a song. And he goes, no, I just, you know, you don't have to, but I really feel you do. Finally, I go, okay. I pick up his guitar. I play the song. People are touched. Mm. Wow, Brian, I didn't know you wrote songs. And I go, well, I've written like a couple. So that's about it, you know. Anyway, fast forward six more months. And I'm at a conference. You were describing one in Ottawa, Jody. I was at a conference in Edmonton for with 5,000 people, and I'm the bass guitar player in the band, okay? Right? And Andy Park is the worship leader. And they do, another, they do a session on the father wound, and at the end of the session, John Wimber and the team, they, Andy, come on back up here, lead us in a song at the close of the session, and Andy points to me. Dirksen get up there and sing that father song that you sang in our little 15 person Bible study. I'm like, Oh, you know, like, so I go up with, with my, my knees are just knocking. I mean, I could barely make it up on the stage and they're all looking at me like, what's this kid, the bass guitar player, no less doing, going and taking Andy's, you know, mic <laughs> guitar. And Andy's just standing at the side, smiling, going, it's going to be okay, guys. You're going to like this. And I sing, Father, I want you to hold me in front of 5,000 people. And people all over the auditorium start weeping and connecting. And John Wimber makes a beeline for me at the end of the session and says, that was amazing. He says, my father was an alcoholic. He left when I was four. I've needed a song like that to sing to my heavenly father. Could we publish it? And I'm Mm. like, what's publish? I have no clue, right? And then he says, do you have any other songs you've written? Well, I've got one other one that I've just finished and another one I'm working on. It's called Faithful One. And then another one I'm working on called I Lift My Eyes Up. And he looks at me and goes, well, we'll publish them too. <laughs> he didn't even hear them. He heard... Fa- so, so now, Father, I Want You to Hold Me never went on to become a known song of mine, but it opened the door. Hmm. And it also, it, 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 it taught me that basic premise of writing for the gap. And it also set in set me in a direction of that my songs were going to be intimate, personal, vulnerable, um, honest, Mm. you know. So without that song, without that moment, I don't know if we would be sitting here having the conversation. So that's, that's, Mm. that's really the song that got it rolling for me. It is interesting because it takes a real sensitivity to hear the gap to see the gap Mm. um and you you talked before about like not feeling initially like you had the gift of songwriting i'm wondering like what what do you how do you see the role of the spirit in songwriting how does the holy spirit is 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 worship songwriting you know it's not in the bible as a spiritual gift but is there a gifting or what Mm. is the spirit's role How, how have you thought about that over the years well i I've experienced it over and over again, and my my kind of theory on how it all works is that if we want to say the Spirit of God gives the gift of inspiration, gives the gift of invitation, really. I mean, that first song, it was an invitation. It was a Mm. whispered invitation. Why don't you, why don't you, 
why don't you respond to this moment and write a song? And I knew exactly what the moment was, right? Um, and so, yes, it's, it's, I think songwriters' primary calls is about being receptive, about listening, about going through life and watching, looking, listening, you know, like what, what is happening around me and inside me and what's God saying that needs to be sung? And I, I honestly, I think all songwriters, whether they acknowledge God or not, are operating in this kind of mode. They are listening, they are waiting for sparks. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's become crass commercialization of, yeah. I mean, and you can say that almost of every art form, right? Like it, it just, it gets, it gets, um, yeah, it just, it just turns into this commercialization thing. But at, strip all that stuff back, it really is, it's an invitation, it's a whispered, invitation and you have to be have your your receptive your antenna up mm. constantly yeah i'm hearing some music right now somewhere <laughs> is that jody your mic is that coming from your house you know my wife is teaching piano it's nice it's, it's about three rooms and two floors away so maybe that's just like a little lullaby but it's perfect it was I'm just it was just perfect because it was <laughs> Brian's talking about this and I'm thinking Brian even about your song Holy God you talk about how God's creating yeah. right that's part yeah. of his nature that's part of our nature in being made in the image of God is that kind of yeah. creating and 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 listening and hearing and so it's it's very fitting that we are made in that image Brian I was was hanging out with you in Edmonton back in 2006 and you were speaking at a one of the workshops, and I remember you said, you said people come up to me, and I don't know if you, this was the quote exactly, but it was something like, people come up to me and say they want to write a song that the whole world will sing, and your response was, why don't you just write a song that you want to sing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like something you said? Did I quote you Yeah, well, I think so often the context is actually people try and make it sound even more spiritual, and they say, I want to write a song that the whole church will sing to honor and glorify God. And my response is, why don't you write a song that you want to sing when nobody else is listening, right? Like, because it so moves you and it's so true to who you are and what's in your heart. You, you don't sing it as a performance. You sing it as, as what it means to live and breathe. Like, this is, this is my song. This is my life. And I don't give a rip if anybody else hears it. I have to sing this song, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I uh, you know, song, you know, the whole thing about songwriting and then the whole ambition side and the whole, you know, you want to help other people, all that, it can just get really churned up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, the first, the, the, the first and primary audience for each song is, is ourself and then it's our maker, and then it's others, mm. you know? So it, it, it needs to progress that way, I think, mm. in my opinion, for, for, for health, because then our self-worth isn't in the hands of other people and other situations that we have no control over, too, right? Like, our self-worth is simply, we're made in the, we're loved, we're made in the image of God, we're doing what we're called to do, 
full stop. That's mm. it. That's that's true for other artistry as well. Whether you're writing a story, painting a picture, write a story, yeah. paint a picture that that moves you, that you care about, and uh, see if other people are invited into that experience as well. Yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian, do you have a favorite song that you've written, and hmm. what what makes it your? So you talked about ministering to yourself, like write songs for yourself yeah. that you just love to sing. What's that yeah. song for you? Or maybe you have a couple. What is that song for you that you just made? You know, in the quiet moments of your life, you like going to the piano, or the guitar, and just playing that. Well, you know, that's that's always a bit of a challenge to answer because I have so much affection for each each parts of the journey, right? And and in one sense, most songwriters, if you ask them what their favorite song is, it's the last song they wrote, right? Because the last song they wrote most represents this season, and when we write it we have these incredible God encounters, deep emotions. It's like we're fully alive, right? So, um, you know, but, but, so I could, you know, I could talk about Mind of Christ, which is my most recent song. But the thing is, is that I would say probably one of them would be Faithful One, partly because of how and why I wrote it. I wrote it not that long after I wrote Father, I Want You to Hold Me. And it was in this season where we had had our first daughter and life was good, but life was very overwhelming. There was so much change and we felt like we weren't keeping up with all of what was going on in life. Mm. And I, I remember so distinctly that day when I just went to my guitar and I started praying and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it through what's going on in the world and in my little world right now, but you're, you're the faithful one. And I just kind of like was praying that, but you're the faithful one. And then I picked up my guitar and just started singing, faithful one, so unchanging, ageless mm. one, you're my rock of peace. And I was just in it. And, you know, for, for months, nobody heard that song, You Are My Rock in Times of Trouble. It was just so personal to me. Mm. And eventually when I, 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 I was willing to share it, you know, with our local church, you know, you think, well, okay, well, that's maybe, you know, and I had no idea. And now some of the stories that have come back from all over the world of how that song has sustained people how many times people have been standing holding the hand of a loved one as they're mm. passing through the threshold of death and they're in a hospital room and they're all standing around the bed singing faithful one so unchanging or stories from china to africa to you know like mm. <laughs> so there's something that will always you know in some ways i feel like i can't top that hmm. And, and I wasn't trying to do anything extraordinary, right? I was just singing my prayer. Hmm. And, um, and that's, that's still, you know, how I, how I function as a songwriter. I'm just trying to honestly sing my prayer or sing respond to a situation or anyway you know so that would be one yeah well let me just say rob you were uh 
you were on different tunes back in those days. But Brian, let me just say that the Change by Your Glory album uh, was pretty epic in, in its its freshness, in its richness, in its depth, and uh, the impact it had upon me as a I was just out of the blocks as a worship leader. So thank you for for yourself and the team that uh, stewarded those songs and produced them way back mm-hmm. when for lots of young leaders. Um, we're going to have to wrap our conversation up, but I just I wanted to ask you one final question. You are embarking on a new songwriting training program course. Uh, why don't you just tell us about it, and mm. um, maybe mm. there's some people that would be interested in, in being part of that. Oh, I'm so thrilled and excited. You know, for the last 30 years, I have written songs, but for whatever reason, maybe it's my Dutch-German kind of heritage. I, I'm, I'm the son of two educators. My dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. I like figuring out how things work, okay? And for whatever reason, the first batch of songs came out, Faithful One, I Left My Eyes Up, Refiner's Fire, and then people immediately started asking me, well, would you teach a songwriting workshop? And I'm like, okay. And then this is pre-internet, right? I go down to my local library and sign out every single book on the craft of songwriting I could find and I devour them and I try and learn a few things and give them away and then keep learning. And that's what I've done for 30 years. So finally, after also being a part-time professor where I developed a whole songwriting program for a college, I'm finally developing an online songwriting program called Unlocking Your Songs. And it's where I take people through all the layers of the craft in a very detailed way. There's going to be 25 to 30 sessions, each of them about an hour long or maybe a little less, some of the sessions, but they're videos, there's materials, there's resources, and then there's going to be other layers outside of the actual video instruction. Uh, It's kind of like a songwriting masterclass, I guess you Hmm. could call it. There'll be like Zoom Q&As for people who become kind of members of Unlocking Your Songs and then encouraging songwriting circles in different parts of the world and hopefully developing other coaches. But the goal is to come alongside songwriters who are have this in their heart that they want to do and I go, let me, let me help you exp- unpack the craft. And um, so... I don't know when this actual podcast will be heard and where we'll be at in the stages, but um, you know, if anybody wants information or update, they can just go to briandirkson.com, sign up for my newsletter. We've also got, uh, it's not live right now as I'm speaking to you, but we will have unlockingyoursongs.com um, as, a, as a hub on the internet for serving songwriters. That's great. Oh, exciting. Thanks for that initiative. It sounds like a lot of work. sounds like a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And I know there'll be lots of young leaders and people who've been at this for a while uh, wanting to do that. You know, it's one thing to be a worship leader. It's another thing to have the courage to actually say, maybe I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. good. Thank you for, for prompting us. Brian, this has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have more time with you and hopefully we can get you on again. We'll do this again. So thank you for your time, for being with us and for your faithfulness to love God's people and to serve the church. We're so thankful to you. And thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode. We hope that you come back again. And uh, be sure to head to our Facebook page. We have Instagram and YouTube page where most clips are there. So search Worship God Podcast, and you can follow us for more content. Brian, Rob, thanks so much. We'll see everybody again next time. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. 
For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.